Today I want to speak on the covenant of prosperity. Somebody say the covenant of prosperity. We've been on a sermon series called First Principles. Because we understand that if we obey the principles of the kingdom, God promises us prosperity. The fact that I'm going through a temporal experience is not a definition of how my life will play out. Hear me, child of God. There is a point in your life where you go through difficulty. But when difficulties come, it is not a guarantee that that is how your life will be forever. The season will change. And until the season change, you must first change the way you think. Somebody say, the way I think influences the outcome of my life. What then is a covenant? Please write this down. Uh, Write this down. Number one, a covenant is an agreement, usually formal, between two or more persons to do or not to do something specified. Number two, write this down. A covenant is to come together and agree based on certain terms that provide individuals with rights, privileges, and responsibilities. Whenever you come into an agreement with somebody, we say that this will be the right that you have. Because of this covenant, it gives you accesses to these things. By my covenant, you have now access to whatever I've labored for. You also have accesses. But it's not just access. It comes with responsibilities. And then it comes with privileges. By virtue of this relationship, these are privileges that comes with it. God is a God of covenant. The day you became saved. The day you gave your life to almighty God. The day you gave your life to Jesus. You pledge your allegiance to Jesus. And that relationship with Jesus opened you up now to a realm that hitherto you do not have access to it. But even though the realms of supernatural possibilities, the realms of divine backing, the realms of divine supply, the realms of angelic protections and deliverances from evil came upon your life even though those things came upon your life it also came with instructions god provides us with instructions as to how to live our life that if we willingly obey and to do these things he calls them statutes he calls them covenants he calls them commandments he calls them decrees If you obey these things, God promises you that I will be an enemy to your enemies. I will be a God to your children. And I have sworn by myself that in blessing, I will bless you. For instance, when you became saved, God gives us a covenant promise. We are encouraged by scripture to fear God. Somebody say fear God. The fear of God is a prerequisite to enjoy the covenant promises of God. Psalm 112 verse 1 to 3. It says, praise the Lord. Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord, that delights greatly in his 
commandments. Look at the next word. It will surprise you. He said, his seed shall be mighty upon the earth. So when I fear God, my seed, my dreams, my... Not only the seed from my loins, but when I put a seed on earth, by virtue of my fear of God, when I start a company, it becomes a mighty company. Are we together? He says, the generation of the upright shall be blessed. So, fear of God is a primary prerequisite for walking in the blessing of God. If I will prosper, and yet my children are having problems. My child has gone mad. My child is always finding himself in in problems. I will not have peace. How many of you know that? I may have a private jet, but it will be a private jet without peace. True of all. In that same way, God is saying, when you fear the Lord, not only will he bless you, your seed shall be mighty on the earth. And the generation of the upright shall be blessed. He says, your generation. Wasif obeying shira. Psalm 33 verse 18 to 19. He said, behold. In other words, see. The eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him. Upon them that hope in his mercy. They hope in what? His mercy. To deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. So when I fear God, not only does he deliver me from death, but even in famine, he will keep me alive. So what should have killed other people will not kill me. Somebody told me a story about the Bogosu issue that one of his friends wanted to start his car. And he was going on the very road where the accident happened. He says for one hour, the car would not start. When the car started, immediately he heard the news that the thing had happened. What it meant is, if, if, if he calculated the time he wanted to leave the house, it would have happened at the very spot where the thing happened. But even in that, God delivered him because he fears God. Child of God, hear me. This year, if you want to walk in the covenant of divine prosperity, you must fear God. Psalm 37, verse 18 to 19. Psalm 37, verse 18. I love a lot of scriptures because I want to establish you in your Christian faith. He says, the Lord knoweth the days of the upright, and their inheritance shall be forever. Go to verse 19. They shall not be ashamed in the evil time. And in the days of famine, they shall be satisfied. When you fear God, God says, I know your days. You don't determine when I should lift you and exalt you. I know your days. And in the days of famine, everybody is struggling. That is when you, you be satisfied. When there's famine for marriage, the marriages are not working. Your marriage will enjoy the best times. It was Charles Dickens in his book, The Tale of Two Cities, who said, it was the worst of times. It was the best of times. So me, I don't align myself with what people are saying, that the economy has become hard. For them, not for me. The Bible says, my father owns the cattle on a thousand hills. If your father owns a ranch, will you be begging for meat? So he says, even in farming, because you have come to know me, he says, the Lord knows 
the upright. Get, get, get me back that scripture on the screen. God said, I know the upright. He said, the, no, go, verse 18, verse 18, Psalm 37, verse 18. Look, the Lord knoweth the days of their and their inheritance shall be for whatever God says you will inherit. Let 30 million demons gather. David said, He prepares a table before you in the. You know, God is, has a high sense of humor. He doesn't sack the enemy's face. He doesn't even fight them. He makes them stand. That's what God is saying. He said, in the midst of famine when people are struggling. Oh, that is when you begin to enjoy the goodness of the Lord. So when God says, this is the year for faith life church for us to thrive. What God is saying, irrespective of the challenges that others may go through, you are enjoying divine exemption. Because what I have said concerning your life, that is what will come to pass. What is God saying to us? What is saying that the quality of your spirituality is what determines the dimensions of your prosperity? Write it down. The quality of your spirituality is what determines the dimensions of your pros- prosperity. The quality of your spirituality is what determines the, the, the quality the, sorry, the dimensions of your prosperity. Give me Job chapter 22, verse 21 to 25. He says, acquaint now thyself with him and be at peace. This is where we get it wrong. A lot of us, we don't know the God we've come to say. He says, acquaint now thyself with him. Give in to God. Come to terms with him. And everything would turn out just fine. I, I think I like this one. How many of you like this one? You come in, that's what we call covenant. You are in an agreement with God. You have decided to honor God based on his covenant terms. And as you come into the agreement with God's covenant terms, he first one, he says, fear God. The fear of the Lord, the Bible says, is the beginning of wisdom. He says, a good understanding of all those who fear him and obey his commandments. Praise the Lord, somebody. Someone says, I fear God. Someone says, I will be fine. Hallelujah. Yeah, Job chapter 22, verse 21 to 25. Go to verse number 22. Let him tell you what to do and take his words to heart. Let God what? Tell you what to do. And do what? Next verse. Come back to God Almighty and he will rebuild your life. Clean house of everything evil. Next verse. Next verse. Next verse. Relax your grip on your money. And abandon your gold-plated luxury. He says, relax what? Your grip on your money. Relax your grip on your what? The more you give, the more you get. One of the people who is very rich in this church is me. I'm rich. I don't know about you. Turn to your neighbor and say, I don't know about you. I I think uh, pastor is richer than you. uh, I say, I don't know me. Say your own. Say your own. own. You think I'll say that you are richer than me. No, no, I'm not making that mistake. I am because I've come to know that the more I give up. One of my sons just shared his testimony with me. He said he was supposed to go and his wife was supposed to go and do some procedure. He just shared his testimony with me. He said his wife was supposed to go and do some procedure. And he doesn't have money, but he remembered the faith life. So he said to the people, start the procedure. He said, Pastor, I didn't have one person. 
Start the world. They were taking 1003. Whilst he was working, he got a call. Somebody, there's an impromptu engagement. Can you do the engagement for us? He said, okay. He said, okay. He went to do the engagement. How much are the people paid? They said they don't have money. They just want to pay 3,000. That very day, in three hours, he got 3,000, went to pay 2,003 and pocketed 700. Somebody said, it's called the faith life. We buy without money. Somebody said, we buy without money. That is why as a believer, you should not make decisions based on how much you have in your pocket. So God says, lose your grip over the money. Put the scripture that the Bible says, can't buy milk without money. He says that we buy, in the kingdom of God, we buy without, I said we buy without what? Yeah, so, so, so God says, lose your grip over, relax your grip on the money. And abandon your gold-plated luxury. He didn't say, you should not have luxury. Praise the Lord. He said, hey there, all who are thirsty, come to the water. Are you penniless? Come anyway. Buy and eat. Come. Buy your drinks. Buy wine and milk. Buy without money. Everything is. Everything is. Am I the one who wrote the Bible? Everything is what? Look at the next verse. It will shock, shock, surprise you. Go to the next verse. Say, Why do you spend your money on junk food? You earn hard cash on cotton candy. Listen to me. Listen well. Eat only the best. Fill yourself with only the finest. That is. Pay attention. Come close now. Listen carefully to my life-giving, life-nourishing words. I'm making a lasting covenant commitment with you. The same that I made with David. Sure, solid, enduring love. Come on, somebody ought to put your hands together. That's what God is giving you. Do, do, how many of you like it? That's what, God is saying that, listen, I, I did it with David. David said, I've come to know by experience that I will not give God anything that will not cost me. My point is this. As a child of God, you need to honor your father first and let your father know that you are worthy of double honor. So when, when a woman came with two Wanganan CD notes. When he brought it to Jesus, Jesus said she has given of all her living. In other words, she gave her best to God. The question I want to ask you today is, whenever you come to honor God, do you give him your best? When you come to worship him, do you give him your best? Or you will come at the time when praise and worship is over, then you come and listen, and when it's time to give an offering, you go to the washroom. You see, brothers and sisters, the truth is nobody can sponsor God. I give more than everybody. Why? Because I want to live by example. Because if this scripture is true, if the promises of God is true, I must be the first partaker of it. Except you don't believe in this scripture thing, and you think the money when you bring, you are bringing it to Pastor Daniel Yawentry. And I'm not saying don't give because I am giving. I'm saying you too give. Because when you give, you give to God. Let's say, I am the one who chop your church money. Let's say, the shoe I'm wearing, I chop your money. This Af- African wear, I chop your money. The spectacles, I chop your money. Let's see. Let's see. Did you bring the money to me or you brought it to God? That is the answer you must give. Because if you brought it to me, then when I chop the money, you must fill it. But if you brought it to God, 
God who received it, I receive it on earth, but God who received it in heaven will reward you, but he will deal with me. That's the difference. If you brought it to God, you have done your part. Forget about the rest. Expect your miracle because you did your part. But God will deal with me. But if I do my part and you don't do your part, guess what? God will deal with who? Thank you. God will still deal with me. So, if you don't pay the tithe, the Bible says that they that do wickedly against the covenant shall he fill with flashes. People will be encouraging you and you'll be making mistakes and problems will be coming and boys will come and chop your money because you are not living by the covenant promises of God. Someone say the fear of God. Someone say the fear of God. Have you seen that people can stay in a church and there's no change in their life? Yeah, do you know why? It is because they have failed to live by the covenant. You see, there's a covenant that God says that, Seest thou a man, diligent in his works. He shall not stand before mere men. He shall stand before kings. If you are not diligent with the work that is committed into your hands, you will not, you, you, you will not stand before great people. They are painters in high demand. They are painters who are not getting jobs. The difference is because one is more diligent, the other one is not. Whatever work they give to you, you must be diligent with it. Be committed to your work. Put in 100% effort. Ask my wife. She went to work somewhere for 10 years. You know doctors, they always do what they call locum. Do you know locum? It means after work, they'll go and work somewhere. I told her that, the Bible says if you are faithful to another man's God will give you own. You are not doing any locum anywhere. Work for this woman. No connection. No deals. Work for her. Only. Accept. She worked for 10 years. In the 10th year when she left the place, hasn't she started her own private practice? Yeah. God knows your days. He knows when to secure your blessing. And in this year, I pray that you walk with this consciousness that God knows my days. So he says that this should be the attitude that you should have when you come to church. Number one, First Corinthians chapter 16 verse 2, he says, On the first day of every week, each of you is to put something aside and store it up as he may prosper. Look at the word. He puts the store it up as he may prosper. Other translation says, as God has prospered him. So every day of the week, store something aside. Put some money there, saving it because you've been thinking about God. Thinking of what to come and give to him. Most of the time, it is when we get to church that we wonder, how much am I giving to God? We have to be intentional about our giving. You know, I plan. I plan my life. By this time, I want to honor God with this. By this time, I want to do this for God. By this time, sometimes I'm, I do a work and the money is coming and I'm wondering, how much can I give to God? I want to, right now, eh, I want to do something to God that I want to do something that God, now he's there, now there. He, he, he wants to behave like, like Solomon. You know what Solomon gave to God was 1,000. He gave God 120,000 sheep and goat. How many? How many? Yeah, it was serious matter that God now came to him and asked him, what, what do you want? What do you want? I mean, I'm going to do God's work. I'm going to look for some money. God expect that I'll top that money. I will give it to him. 
me, me, this year, I will do something for God that God now he will be confused. Oh, I've done it to him before. I will do it again. <laughs> One day I'll teach you. Yes, by the grace of God, last year somebody gave me hundred thousand cash. How much? Yeah. I look at the money. I had to do something on my building. Monday, I dropped the money in the church. And I told the person, the person was even sure. No, do you think, look at me. No, no, somebody look at me. So, so the people who sit in private jets and they fly to go and preach from place to place, are they better than me? No, no, look at me. Are they better than me? No, no, I answer the question. Are they better than me? No. Okay. The people who have a swimming pool on top of their building and they live in quality places and they drive better, are they better than me? But the price of a land cruiser is going for one thirty-five, one forty-five thousand dollars spec. Now it's hundred thousand Ghana cities up to one forty-five thousand. Do you know somebody answer? Is it? Is it? So if I change hundred thousand Ghana cities, do you know how much I'll get now? It's about less than fifteen thousand dollars. What I'm looking for he's more serious i'm not even looking for land cruiser i'm looking for a private jet plus a helicopter and the money to pay at the at the at the parking place that they call it hangar and then i'm looking for money that will fund all my enjoyment i'm preaching here doing crusade i'll say man i got the crusade for 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 this nation is ready crusade for italy i'm flying them then by sunday i'm in church monday i'm away i'm going you even say amen you see, your brain has become so small that you can't believe God for big. But in faith life, you come with a small brain. We open your brain to believe God for big things. What it means is, when you are trusting God, trust that your God is a no-limit God. And what God can do for you, it is bigger than what your mind can conceive. So you honor him because you are expecting him to do something big for your life. Okay, Second Corinthians chapter 8, verse number 12. Say, for if the readiness is there, that is the attitude you should have. If the readiness is there, it is acceptable according to what a person has. Not according to what he doesn't have. Please, don't go and steal money and bring to God. We don't need, we can't sponsor God. So don't steal and bring and say, you are helping God. You are not helping. He doesn't need it. Willingly give what you have. In this church, we don't put pressure on anybody. If you don't have onya by force, it's not your money. I used to do soup in my house. It's not by force. Sorry. I know of a lady and a guy. The guy's salary was five hundred Ghana. He was giving his mother two fifty. The sister's salary was one thousand two. He was giving his mother fifty Ghana. Guess who lost his job? Thousand two. And never got a job again since. Do you know the difference? The difference is one is living by covenant. Children, honor your father and mother so that thy days may be long on earth. He says, This is the only, only um, commandment with a. So when you are in this church and you don't take care of your parents, please stop praying. Because no matter the prayer that you pray, <laughs> <laughs> every sickness that is passing by the roadside when he finds you now he will come and stay with you every problem because you see when you honor them he says your days will be long 
Your days will be all. It's no prayer. Any demon that is passed because you have dishonored your parents, God will dishonor you. It's no prayer. We bind and bind. For God didn't say when your mother is righteous. He says honor your father and your man. Whether she's a witch, whether she's a witch doctor, your responsibility as a covenant child of God is you honor your parents. Turn to your neighbor and say honor, honor them. People don't like it when I preach like this. They don't, they don't, they don't like it. I'll preach. If you, if you leave this church, I'll follow you with the preaching. Mark 12, verse 41 to 44. And he sat down opposite the treasury and watched the people putting money into the offering box. Many rich people put in large sums. I love the Bible. I'm reading the English standard version of the Bible. Many rich people, what did they put in? This is where we get it wrong. Oh yeah, go to the next verse. And Jesus said, and there came a certain poor widow. She was what? She was also what? A widow. And she threw in two mites, which makes a farting. Some camera phone. Or the two Ghana nearby. Someone say two Ghana. Someone say two Ghana. Mm-hmm. Two Ghana. And he called unto his disciples and said, The truth is that this poor widow gave more to the collection than all the others put together. All the others what? Go to the next verse. He said they put together what they'll never miss. What does it mean? They gave their surplus. So even though the money looked fat to the natural man, it was actually their what? Now look at it. But she gave extravagantly what she couldn't afford she gave her all the woman came and she gave out of her necessity not her surplus when we come to church not just do we give fight we give out of our necessity we can believe god for things by sowing for it are you listening to me are you listening to me? I want some financial increase. I'll begin to sow for it until I come into it. And I'm not giving because I have it in abundance. I am giving because I am trusting the God who is my source of supply. To supply all that I need in this season. Somebody say amen. First Timothy chapter 6 verse 17 to 19. English standard version. It says, as for the rich in this present age. Charge them not to be haughty or proud, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasures. Okay, let's go to this one. Let's go to Let's start from the beginning, from the beginning. Verse 17. Tell those rich in this world's wealth to quit being so full of themselves and so obsessed with the money, which is here today and gone tomorrow. Tell them to go after God, who piles on all the riches we could ever manage. So he didn't say God doesn't like prosperity, please. Are, are you getting it? He says to do good. To be rich in helping others. To be extravagantly generous. We need to help each other. We need to be a blessing. 
You understand me? But we must see. You don't have to have millions before you sow into somebody's life. There are clothes you have that you are not wearing. Very, I'm not talking about you. I'm just talking about somebody else. Yeah, there are shoes. Everybody here, look at how beautiful you are. You are looking. You know, you are not the size. The first size that you have, you no, know, that size is there. You understand me? Why don't you give those clothes out? Eh? This wig that you've been wearing, you have other wigs. You have hung them at AFE. Take it to the wig people. Let them wash it. Clean it nicely. Be a blessing to somebody. You don't have, you don't have to tell anybody about it, but, but be intentional about your generosity. I want us to be a generous church. We help people. We pay people's fees. We, we pay people's lunch. We, we, we do something nice for somebody. And this week, we're going to have an exercise. Everybody, you do something nice for somebody this week. How many of you will do it? Be a blessing doesn't mean every, everybody here, you are rich. Somebody say, I am, I am rich. Be a blessing. So into, see, let me teach you something. When somebody has something that you desire to get, Somebody is married, you are not married. Somebody has children, you don't have children. Somebody has a job, you don't have a job. So into the person's life. Something you desire that somebody has received. Carry an offering. Go and say, I want to sow into it. I want to tap into this grace. I want to sow into it. And the grace will start working for you. Watch it. Ah, in our house, a friend of ours came to see us. We had gotten our, our car. Zadam put them car on our first one. Uh, Hyundai Sentinel. He uh, and his wife came. They laid their hands. Would he want to tap? We pray for them. Then they sold, I think, $100. And then normal $100. Give me $100. You know, he got a 4 by 4 He got a 4 by 4 He paid for it. But he paid for it a way that even me, I've never experienced before. He went to a garage, saw the car, and liked. Then the man said, do you like? He says, yes, but I don't have money. He said, I didn't ask you whether I have money. Do you like? He says, yes. He said, where do you work? He says, I work at... Then he mentioned the name of the bank. He says, which branch? He showed him. He says, give me your number. He was there. Then the man came and said, I, I wanted to be sure it is you. Okay, I'm go- I'll-, I'll be back. Then he came back and said, this is the document of the car. This is the car. Every man paid small, small. Do you like it? The guy said, I like it. He said, okay. This is. He got a four by four and paid small, small. He came to sow into my life. The thing will be, please, now nah, I don't have a new car. Don't come and sow anything. I'm saying that, sow into somebody's life that has something that you want to tap into. And the blessing will work for you. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse number 7 to 18. For the Lord thy God bringeth thee into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains, and death that spring out of valleys and hills. They are depths that spring out. It means you are coming to dimensions of growth you've never experienced before. A land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees, of pomegranate, a land of olive oil, chaya. And honey, a land wherein thou shalt eat bread without scarceness, thou shalt not lack anything in it. A land whose stones are iron, and out of whose hills thou mayest dig brass. How many of you like it? When thou hast eaten and art full, then thou shalt bless the Lord thy God for the good land which he has given thee. Next verse, next verse, next verse. Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God in not keeping his commandment. So when you don't keep the commandment of God, what have you done? You have forgotten the Lord 
your God. Next verse, next verse. And his judgment and his statutes, which I command you this day. Next verse. Lest when thou hast eaten and art full, and hast built godly houses and dwelt therein. Next verse. And when thy herds and thy flocks multiply, and thy silver and thy gold is multiplied, and all that thou hast is multiplied. Next verse. Then thy heart is lifted up. Give me a different translation for this particular part of the text. Make sure you don't become so full of yourself. And your things that you forget God, your God, the God who delivered you from Egyptian slavery. Next verse. The God who led you through that huge and fearsome wilderness. Those desolate, arid, bad lands, crawling with fiery snakes and scorpions. The God who gave you water gushing from hard rock. The God who gave you manna to eat in the wilderness. Some Thing your ancestors had never heard of in order to give you a taste of the hard life to test you so that you would be prepared to live well in the days ahead of you so if you've gone through bad days and god brings you out of those bad days god doesn't want you to forget about what he did for you in the bad days so that the good he brings to you does not just become a good that you use only to enrich yourself so if you start thinking to yourself I did all this and all by myself. I am rich. It's all mine. <laughs> he says, well, think again. Remember that God, your God, gave you the strength to produce all this wealth so as to confirm the covenant he promised your ancestors as it is today. So when you ever you hear somebody say, yeah, you people, you are fool. You work and earn the money, hard money, and go and give it to God quote this scripture to them that i did not do it all by myself god gave me the strength to even have a boyfriend it took god do you know their sisters who are super beautiful is it their waist or their way their hips or their way their leg or their way but yet they don't have anybody and then their sisters that when you see their face is it their face is it their neck And yet, you see two rings on their hand. I saw some... Let me keep quiet. I saw some woman eh, in Accra. Charlie? I was wondering what the husband saw. No, I'm telling you. You know, there's some people you see, you wonder. Two rings. It's not even one. How many? Then I got to know that when it comes to the blessing of God, God doesn't look at your face. So don't use that your pretty face and think that it was your pretty face that got you a husband. Because somebody is more finer than you. But Kobo de Sule. And somebody too. Her face has become like a question mark. But even that one. When you see the husband. You now you see that. There's a difference between centipede. You can see some, some men. Handsome men. You see their wife. Then you wonder. Ah. The race of life is not to the swift. Why am I saying? It is not beauty that we used to marry. That's all I'm saying. It is God that favors you and opens an opportunity for you. There are people who are so rich. They have money to sponsor a man. They are not getting one. And this is what God is saying. It is not because you are beautiful and you drive a Land Rover. That is why you are married. It is by the sure mercies of God. Please humble yourself and
think it is your own strength that have brought you the blessing. Because somebody was finer than you. He sees feet deep. That's not even the food we eat. Because the same food I eat, somebody will eat. And they said that one, one seed has gone into his appendix. Uh-huh. When I was in preparatory school, one of my classmates, this introvert that we all eat, he only went to eat one of the introvert happened to go into his appendix that they went to operate on him. From that day, anytime I see introvert, I look at it. I, hey. But we eat, we eat. We, don't we eat introvert still? Don't we eat anything? Tell it, it's God who is sustaining us all. So no matter what or how far God blesses you, please, whatever is due God, give what is due God to him. And humble yourself before the mercy of God and give God what is due him. And then he will do what he has to do for you. And stop this entitlement syndrome that we have. Ah, I've been praying to God, he's not answering me. So I'm paid tight again. You and him, who needs the money? God is not on this earth. It's Pastor Dan who take the money here and buy a carpet. God, he doesn't need it. But when you give in the name that you have given to God, God accepts it in his name and he blesses you. Am I helping somebody in this house? Hmm? So if you are here and you are not beautiful, please, don't kill yourself. It's not beauty we used to marry. It's not even body. Some, ah, I used to say in Abuzoka, let me tell you the last one then you laugh. Then I'll close. There was a lady, you know, there was a drugstore next to us. Irene, You'll be sure. There was a lady who was always coming to buy apetamine that she would grow fat. She drank and drank and drank. She never grew fat. What? Oh, I have a friend now. now, now. She's a human resource person. I said, the, the apetamine I've drank, the kind of blood tonic I've drank to put on weight, the weight never came. When she gave birth, and I said, hey, why can't say, oh, oh, sir, why can't say, why can't say, oh, out of you, man, now, so she wants to get pregnant again, so that she'll be, why can't say, you are there, you that you have grown, can't say, you are there, I don't like my weight, hey, oh, celebrate whatever you have, because it's a blessing from God. Are we together? It's how you accessorize what you have. That, and, and, and God wants to bless us. The covenant of prosperity begins with the fear of God. Now, God blesses us that we will be a blessing. And he says that when I bless you, don't forget. Don't forget my commandments. People get blessed. They forget about God. They don't fear God. They don't even make time for church again. Again. They tell you, oh, my busy. Sophia We give God all stories. I want you to close your eyes and pray and say, God, no matter how much or how far you bless me, I will not forget. Pray now. No matter how how much you bless me, how far you bless me, I'll never forget you. I'll never forget you. Pray. Yeah. Pray now. God, I want to say thank you. I want to say thank you. I want to say thank you for all you do 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 thank you 
that the fear of the Lord is what secures my life. Thank you that I've come to know that I need to fear you. I need to walk in obedience to your promises. I need to walk in obedience to your covenant promises. I, I need to understand that you are my source of strength. You are my source of life. You are the one who opens doors for me. You are the one who transforms my life. You are the one who brings changes to me. You are the one who changes my destiny. I, I want to say thank you and pray the Lord no matter how far you bless me let me not forget you no matter what you give me let me not forget you no matter the blessings you bring my way let me not forget let me not forget you let me not forget you let me be obedient to the covenant let me live by the covenant terms let me build my life on the fear of god lord no matter what you do for me i will never forget you spirit of the living god we rededicate our life to you jesus you are here you want to give your life to jesus or you want to rededicate your life to Jesus, pray this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of all my sins. I am sorry for being a sinner. From this day, I receive you as my Lord and personal Savior. Come and live in my heart. Be my personal Savior. Thank you that my sins are forgiven. Thank you that you died on the cross of Calvary for the forgiveness of my sins thank you that you resurrected on the third day and you said because you live i will live also i receive god's gift of salvation in jesus name amen